breathing goes to your entire belly. When it goes, does it feel good like warm air, like a warm lava, or does it feel, I want to push it out? Do you feel constricted right there? That means you're anxious. This is episode number 148 with Ardashir Mehman. You know, well-being is important, right? But as supply chain leaders, we just don't cover it enough, especially given the rate of burnout we see among supply chain professionals today. So here's an entire episode designed specifically for those of you who want to better understand the implications of poor mental health or are struggling with yours. In this episode, I'm joined by psychologist and leadership coach Ardashir Mehran to talk about mental wellness or as he says, emotional wellness. I invited our guest to the show to tap into his expertise in providing well-being support to senior leaders in highly demanding and unforgiving environments, kind of what we're living in now. So mental illness, things like anxiety and depression, well, they're not always easy to admit for leaders who have been trained and conditioned to hide weakness from the moment they enter the world of work. But our guest believes mental suffering has been wrongfully branded and he works tirelessly to help senior executives understand the difference between depression and lack of fulfillment. So listen to this episode to explore this important topic with us and see if it resonates with you or someone you know. Let's jump straight in. Hey, Artashir, thank you so much for being here. Thanks for being on Transform Talks. Great. Thank you, Maria. Great to be with you and with your audience. So I'm going to just jump right in because we're having a conversation about a very, very important topic, which is mental wellness. I mean, I can throw statistics at you. I can tell you, and I'm sure you're going to tell me more than I'm telling you, but it's a topic I've been talking about recently on my social media, which is mental wellness for senior level executives. It's a taboo subject. And I know I'm a senior level executive. I have run big companies, small companies big teams, small teams. And I don't know if I would want to admit that I'm mm-hmm. suffering from anxiety or issues like depression, mm-hmm. or it's almost like a weakness. So I want to start by asking you about your definition of mental health or depression or anxiety. Great. Thank you. What I'm going to do in our conversation, I'm going to zoom out about science that is coming and the people on your call or the others, they should know that. And I'm going to zoom in. One of the first thing is that we need to do away with the term mental, mental illness, mental health. The very science of that is incorrect. The moment we talk about that, we think is our head. Emotional experience, depression, anxiety, bipolar, obsessive compulsive, all of that, they are body experiences, physical experiences. Brain does not feel anything. Brain is like a computer hardware, just process information. So that's one of the reasons that we go to doctors to get this and we're balancing chemistry in the brain. That actually is partially helpful. People in the field, they know that that medication is only 20% effective. Mm -hmm. The rest of that, once we need to look at the person, we need to redefine it. So there are changes coming about even actually what is depression? What is anxiety? They have not become mainstream yet. It will be probably another five to seven years to become mainstream. But we can start. We can start soon. The way to think about mental illness, the term called right now, a better term is emotional wellness. Emotion is the whole person. Yeah. Number one. 
Number two, the whole aspects of fixing somebody's brain. When we go to training programs, I came here just recently left my corporate environment, that we go about the mental health month, or we teach people in their psychology about how to attend to your brain. What we want to pay attention to is about how individuals take care of themselves, their body, nervous system, factors like sense of connection, sense of safety, sense of when you know that you are feeling imbalanced or not right in the entire body. That, it brings a sense of wholeness and emotional wellness to the world of work. Number one, so that's part, is the whole person. Mm-hmm. Number two, depression, what we know from emerging research, depression is very hard to treat because the reason we are, it's hard to treat, we're trying to treat the symptoms. There are 12 symptoms. If you do a web search, you will see that. Depression is a sense of grieving, sense of anger being reflected inwards. Depression is about a life being held back. You're in a place, relationship, jobs, status, where you are that you say, I am stuck. I want out of here. You know it. Depression is your SOS signal, save our soul signal. He says, get out of here, wake up, do something. Unless you do that, you will be feeling depressed. Yeah. But depression actually, folks, is a gift. It's a gift to wake up. It's your own gift. It's your destiny. It's your calling to wake up. So the work that I do with leaders is around that. What is anxiety? Again, anxiety, we think my brain is anxiety, even monkey brain, analytical brain. When anxiety, we feel like that, which happens in the world of work a lot, it means we are not in our bodies anymore. When we are anxious in our brain, we can't stop thinking. We continuously, we do social media checking. That's the brain that is untethered from our breathing, from our centering, from our bodies. So what we need to teach and make it actually part of the daily work is how do you bring centering, not at the beginning of the meeting, but all through our day so that once we're in center in our bodies, we breathe better. Mm-hmm. Our posture is better. We are feeling an environment we feel safe and connected. The monkey brain proof disappears. The sense of anxiety comes down. So these are practical science-based uh, steps we can bring to the world of work to redefine our health and well-being. I, I like the, uh, the fact that you tie this to beyond the brain, the mental, mm-hmm. you know, that this is emotional. I know, and again, I said I was going to quote some things. I was reading a report done by Oracle, which talked about how, I don't know, I think senior level executives were more likely to be anxious and more likely to be depressed than regular workers. Yeah. Do you think that there's this taboo that we don't talk about it or you don't want to talk about it? I mean, yeah. who wants to be a leader in charge of, in some instances, millions and millions of dollars, mm-hmm. hundreds of people, thousands, tens of thousands of people and admit? That's right. That's right. That's right. Yes. Information from Oracle, actually, it is correct. We know from research pre-pandemic that up to 50% of leaders, high achievers, they're having elevated level of anxiety and depression. Mm-hmm. That's twice the rate of general population. Having worked with them, in fact, that's the area I specialize with leaders and high achievers. Majority of them, they don't know it. They don't know it. When you're busy, 
you are trying to get the next project, the next assignment, you're traveling a lot, you're in meetings a lot, you, depression and anxiety get masked. Are these these high-functioning? These are high-functioning. These are amazing. So like you see them, they are get masked. And part of that, they, people feel that, okay, I didn't sleep well. I didn't exercise well. I need to eat more protein or just get my sugar high and so on. So by being very active, the sense of how am I feeling, it's not evident. Number two, we also, we think if you are very resilient, which a lot of those individuals are, our emotional struggles, we disappear. Actually, no, they have nothing to do with each other. You can be very resilient get things done and still be very anxious and very depressed. What helps anxiety and depression is different than being very active, problem-oriented and getting things done. You basically you solve the issues in a different ways. And the third one, this is important to know, when you feel anxious and depressed, you feel it in your body. So we know in men, in this is the data for the US that the, there's a high rate of cardiovascular heart attacks. That a majority of heart attacks in the US are men. And majority of those men, they have when they have heart attacks, there are no prior indication, it's basically sudden death. Mm-hmm. So many men, many leaders die of heart attacks, it's broken hearts. They hold on to the sorrows. So there are leaders that I work with, these are amazing individuals, very successful, admire. When they talk with me, there's a sorrow, there's a sadness, there's a life they wish to have. And the term they use, someday I will do this. When I retire, I will do that. When I get my next vice president, I do that. And they sit on the sorrow. Women, on the other hand, three times more than men, they ex- experience stress and anxiety. So the way women address this emotional struggles is that they start from themselves. How do I reach a better life balance, better environment, better fulfillment they look? For men, start from the outside coming in. I need a better environment, different spouse, different car, different vacation, get that in order. Then they come to say, how am I doing? So that's the element in our work with men and women. Pay attention to about where they are, what matters to them, the language, they use as a way to help them, invite them to move toward more balance. So there's a direct correlation between the emotional well-being, to use this new terminology, and physical well-being. Absolutely. And, absolutely. and death, and death even. I mean, you know, let's not sugarcoat it. That's right. That's right. Absolutely. I love that. There's a term, it's not them, it's not me, I wish it's a smart one, that whatever we suppress here, yeah. we express here. For those of you listening, for the, for those of we suppress in our heads, we, we express in our body. So, our so many of those leaders pre-pandemic, I would travel with them, men and women, and then they would open their backpacks, you know, briefcases, purses, and I said, "What is that? Pills after pills is for my stomach, constipation, for, you know, for this and that." You know, it's funny because I have, I mean, I, I can empathize, right? So I'm going to try to speak to the people that are listening here and see if maybe it resonates with them. Yeah. But I have had situations where I've had like maybe severe headache or yes. you know really bad stomach. I actually had a, a mini stroke many years ago. And yeah. I remember talking to the doctor and the doctor said, are you anxious? And I thought, you know, yes. are, you, are, are you suffering from anxiety? And I said, no. And, and I remember thinking about, you know, 
almost like insulted. What do you mean anxiety? I'm not anxious. I've had way more stressful situations. And the doctor said, no, you're actually quite anxious. And I'm thinking, I'm arguing with the doctor saying, no, I am not. Honestly, I felt like I've definitely had way other situations where I've been more anxious. But clearly, my body thought otherwise. That's right. And so I think that there will be many people probably listening who may recognize this and think, no, I don't have anxiety, but actually, you kind of do. That's right. That's right. Maria, thank you. So let me, the, for your audience, the, invite you to pay attention as you're sitting right now about if you're anxious, I have no idea, but here's how you can find traces of, of anxiousness. Of anxiety, yeah. Yeah. Just pay attention to how you're breathing. As you breathe, just, you don't have to push anything or balloon your body, anything. Just as you breathe, do you feel your breathing goes to a body, upper body that is open. Do you feel it goes to your chest right below your throat and breathing gets hard as if you need to open up your lungs? How well do you feel your breathing goes to your entire belly? When it goes, does it feel good like warm air, like a warm lava, or does it feel, I want to push it out? Do you feel constricted right there? That means you're anxious. Do you have butterflies in your stomach? Do you feel there's a tightness around your gut? Um, for many women, they feel it in their back, lower back. And in fact, this executive that I'm working right now, she talks about shooting pain coming from her neck all the way to her shoulders and all the way to her hand throughout the day before it goes to bed. So those are all sign of anxiety we're sitting with. The work to do is actually pretty straightforward. We don't need to go to psychoanalysis, what happened to your, this, all of the work's happening here right now. Basically means there are experiences, there are actions. Anxiety and depression, they are all actions oriented. They have nothing to do with, there are important things in the past means your body's waiting to do something. What are the actions, expressions, voices, choices you need to make right now that you know it, for whatever reason, you're avoiding them or they're high cost to do that. If you do that, you need to say no to somebody or stop to somebody or like say, I love you, don't leave me, things like that. But, but, but sorry to interrupt you, but that's the high achiever again. The, the high functioning anxiety is the, I can't say no to everybody. I've got a million things. People depend on me. It's near impossible for me to say no or maybe even pride yourself in Actually, I say no to everything. You know, I don't say no ever. I do all of it. I do, you know. That's right. This. That's right. That's right. I, absolutely right. You know, like in terms of, and th this is a part your body knows best. There is a beautiful book. It's called Body Keeps the Score. It's a must read for anybody if, if this topic uh, resonates with you. There's a wisdom inside you that is really is your truth. Your body knows best. Your story is in your body. The way you talk, the way you hold yourself, the way you express yourself. Once you know that, you can actually harness it. People in sports, high-performing sports, soccer player, basketball player, football player, they know this. Your body, there's a wisdom to that. Use it. Your actions, your choices will be more attuned to you. This is about really alignment, being one, the entire person, mind, body, and soul. So instead of just in the world of work, we're basically head-based. Think, do, versus bring your body, bring your energy, bring your conviction into this business. You know, Artish, and you've probably heard this before, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to throw it out here because 
the world is a very complicated place. It has mm -hmm. been for a long time, but for supply chain leaders, for leaders all around, we're talking about dealing with COVID, war, tariffs, you yeah. name it, you know, you name it, all of these, what we call the black swan events on top of black swan events. Yeah. And so how does a leader in today's world try to do this really exciting stuff and important stuff, but also balance out the crisis and chaos? So. I guess what I'm trying to say is, how do we balance out with those people that say, yeah, Artashir, great stuff. Thanks for the popular advice and breathing and blah, blah, but I got a world on fire. Yeah. You know, I, I, yeah. I, I got headaches. I've got fires to put out quite yeah. literally in some places. So yeah. how do you do both? Can you do both? Yeah. Thank you. Thank you, Maria. The, this is a perfect question. People ask me all the time. The sense is that doing this work is another to-do list in very busy schedule I have. Initially, it looks like that, that I don't have time for exercise, for eating right, you know, for doing my Zumba class. This work is not about one more to-do list. It's about showing up differently. And practices is that learning about breathing. The way you breathe, once you learn that it's a calm breathing with the straight spine, the straight skull, and the way that when breathe goes in, actually settling your body, taking more oxygen, number one. Number two, in all of your choices, all those events happen in listening to your body first. So here's another data point, science point to, to know. Brain follows the body. Our Western world, we've been taught that body follows the brain. We need to think to decide. Brain follows the body is the other way around. So as you're sitting in, and that's, that's the difference between thinking and intuition. Intuition is a lot richer. And in fact, we know from research that more effective leaders tap into intuition. Intuition comes from head, actually comes from gut, heart, and head. It's the science based. So for those leaders who say, I'm so busy, so as you're sitting, decision, plans, actions, changes, listen to how is your body feeling? Do, what do, you, know is what your resonated, do you know, sorry, do you know what resonated a lot when you just, what you just said to yeah. me that I just opened my eyes was, show up differently. Yeah. I think that is so important because we're not asking someone, or I guess what you're not saying, you're not saying, okay, you've got to do extra work because yeah. I think that's initially what I would think. Oh, I don't have yeah. time to go do this. But what you're saying is you're doing it already. Just do it differently. Do exactly. Show up differently. You're already <laughs> sitting in a meeting, yes. sit in a meeting and breathe. Sit that's in right. a meeting and right. focus on your center. Uh, that's right. I'm going to, I'm, you know, I'm going to say something else, which is there was an article in Bloomberg recently about the rate of supply chain execs that are stressed out the burnout. I think yeah, it yeah. said something like supply chain managers, I'm quoting from the article now, quit their jobs last year at the highest rate since at least 2016 from mm -hmm. a combination of burnout, stress, et cetera. So the great resignation, people are wondering why, why, why the great resignation? There's a lot of factors, but I'm sure... Burnout and stress and anxiety is one yeah. of them. It's got Absolutely. to be people looking for different ways of working. So to combat that, yeah. show up differently. I love That's that. That's right. That's right. And then, thank you. And then the way to do that, you know, for it's the very straight pr pr practice that pause, breathe, and choose. That things as it comes to you during the days, the very busy supply chain executives. Before you say anything, just pause, and pause can be milliseconds. Pause, 
breathe because once you do that your entire body gut heart and brain connect and then choose what is the right thing to do based upon your judgment versus always being reactive mode that i need to say something i need to respond to this pause breathe pause breathe and choose when you do that in fact you're in meeting you're in zoom what you're doing you're setting the emotional tempo for everybody else calmness always trumps anxiety you help everybody to get more grounded and calmer to respond to that so pause breathe and choose you know we talk about the emotional wellness mental health whatever we want to call it for leaders but really we are the ones that are setting the groundwork and yes. setting the yes. example for everyone yes. around us so obviously there are many articles about stress and burnout at every level in the workplace at the moment we're you and I are focusing right now on the leadership element but you will create the environment you live right that's right i love that thank you exactly 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 i love that i mean the some of the things to notice that when you go to a room it always happens there's anxiety of one person things happen car you know events news etc the rate of interaction communication productivity innovation is equal to the rate of individual with the highest rate of anxiety anxiety sets the tone it's animal psychology we will avoid certain conversation we will try to be safe not rock the boat but once you as a leader come there more grounded pause breathe and choose that helps everybody to downshift to pay attention to listen more to honor each other's opinion So, and then that you create a better environment, and what's beautiful, people walk away from the meeting and say, "That was a good meeting. We got a lot of things done. They feel better. They feel better about you, uh, about the, that event." And you feel better too. Absolutely, absolutely. And, and you feel better, and perhaps in a world like alluding back or going back to what I said at the beginning, this world on fire. Yeah. You can't do good work if you're on fire too, That's right. right? That's right. That's right. Absolutely. So I think a calm leader breeds a calm environment, yes. a more sure environment, which breeds solutions. Absolutely, absolutely, and it doesn't mean calm leader is a soft leader or slacking leaders or taking long breaks. They are very effective. They just do things differently. You're present as well. You're present. You pay attention, and you're really paying attention to your entire well-being. Your whole person is present versus your amazing gifted brain so we've got a few minutes before we we have to shut off and i'm sure we're going to we're going to see you again and again in another podcast because this is very interesting what advice beyond the breathing and the presence mm-hmm. do you think you have for senior managers that are listening to you right now in supply chain which is all over the news everyone's stressed yeah, everyone's yeah, yeah. highly functioning in anxiety in mm-hmm. an anxiety ridden sort of mm-hmm. environment That's right. Beautiful. Thank you. So, burnout is not something that happens in our head uh, or great resignation. We are at that core. When we feel burnout, we are seeking different things. The world that we are living, the choices, the work, the activities, they are not meaningful to us anymore. We are designed to be very effective, working long hours for long period of time. If you are doing the work that is meaningful to us, focus on the right task in the right environment. Burnout, at its core, 
is we are entering work that we work hard, but we don't feel passionate about what we're doing. That's a disconnect and it becomes a chore, mm-hmm. nonstop chore. Burnout is about going to our, back to our basics. And you know my work, the, what I bring into the world about the Bill of Emotional Rights. Get to know you, get to know your values. There are seven rights. If you go to my website, you will see them is available to the world. Is about resetting you, resetting your team, resetting your organization, but core element of emotional fulfillment. Mm-hmm. Once we tap to what matters to us as humans, we will actually can work still long hours, long days and love it. Be fueled with it and be energetic versus feel we carry heavy load on our back. Burnout is a disconnection to meanings. And you can't fix it by avoiding it or taking long vacations. Really, you need to focus. What am I doing? Or, me- or medicating. Medicating, absolutely. You're just delaying the problem. You're complicating the problem. Burnout is existential about why am I doing what am I doing? Artisher, what's your website so that way our audience can go to it? Human Work Studio, www.humanworkstudio.com. Artisher, thank you so much for being here. Thank you for thank talking you, my friend. to us about a wonderful topic. And I hope that our audience maybe gets something out of this and breathes, takes it easy, and tries to become present. And I love to show up differently. I really love that. Beautiful. So much. Thank you so much, Maria. Hope everybody's doing well. Take care. Thank you so much. And for those of you listening, we'll catch you at the next one.